We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. I don't got to tell you my Twitter because I'm already verified. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206, and that's CKID206. Still got to get you verified, Chris. So we're going <laughs> to go keep keep working on that. Uh, we have, uh, we're back from the bye week. We have a special guest uh, on the program. We have the real Fitzgerald, <laughs> who covers the uh, Arizona Cardinals uh, for Arizona Republic. Catherine Fitzgerald, what up? How you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, we are all right. We're all right. Are you, are you verified on Twitter? I am. Um, uh, so rooting for you too, Chris. We'll get you there. Appreciate the love. It's it's a work in progress. <laughs> Chris, I think this is like, uh, in terms of guests, this is like our fifth consecutive guest that's uh, been verified. We, we're working on you, though. <laughs> we'll, a great streak. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's good. It's going to continue, probably. I'm, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, Catherine, we're going to talk about the Cardinals, um, one of the weirder teams uh, in the league, I feel like. don't Can't get a read on. But I want to talk about something that happened while we were watching uh, the Monday Night Football game where they smacked Dallas. I was, I'm pretty sure it was the first time that a slave was ever mentioned on the Monday Night Football broadcast. And that was, of course, when Lisa Salters brought up um, DeAndre Hopkins, receiver for the Cardinals, uh, wearing the name Denmark Vesey on his helmet decal. Um, and you wrote a great, great piece on that. First off, just kind of tell us about uh, how that piece came about uh, and what that was like writing it. Yeah, I had been really interested to see um, what all the different players chose if they went with a helmet decal, just because, you know, I think there's so many different important and meaningful ways you can go with that nod this season. And um, DeAndre's nod to Denmark DC just really stood out in, you know, so many of the other examples of individual people or um, more recent names that people are familiar with, but to to pick someone like Denmark VC, where so few people learn about him during school, um, about him trying to plan a revolt in Charleston um, to free a large number of enslaved people, ultimately got found out ahead of time, was executed. Um, you know, that's not something we learn about in our history books, really. So 
for DeAndre Hopkins to to be so adamant about like I want to through my helmet give a nod to this man who people don't hear about I think that's so significant and I, I saved myself the stress and anger of like um, looking at the hashtag Denmark VC when it was like kind of going on Twitter on um, Monday night because I was afraid of, like I said, just being really angry. And I, I say that to bring up what was the reactions? Just maybe just reader comments on your story, just any replies, emails. Because when I think of like, because Denmark is basically a slave who not only gets recognized, but is, freezed, is framed as heroic, which is very rare in history. So what was the reactions uh, when that when D-Hop doing that kind of went public? I think the most interesting thing for me was so many people were um, reacting or replying with like, wow, I learned something new. I didn't know about this. Um, Maybe some cases of I want to learn more. And I think, again, that's just such a testament to, you know, kind of the idea to like, who do we learn about in our history classes, in our history books? And who is not like purposely often not talked about in when we're learning about U.S. history. And so just for people to, through Hopkins, um, learn about Denmark, BC, I think, you know, that's kind of the coolest feedback you can see of, oh, I learned something new. Well, in in general, just kind of covering, uh, you know, the the whole summer was everyone in the NFL covering, like, part protest, part football. Uh, What was that like on on your end? How did did Arizona handle this summer of protests? Yeah, it was interesting, um, just given... Arizona as a state itself but I think that this team um it seemed like they had really important conversations um on either some of the off days that they had throughout the summer um I was interested to see Cliff Kingsbury's approach since um you know he usually is just a very heavy football-minded guy just loves to watch film loves to be all about football and you know, that being said, he still connects well with his players. So he ended up talking to us. Um, I think it was right after the team had the day off um, after George Floyd to have team conversations about um, George Floyd's systemic racism. And, you know, it was one of Kingsbury's longest press conferences and really just talking about having these deeper conversations with players, letting them know they're supported, um, calling out systemic racism pointedly um i think those are things that you wouldn't have seen in arizona a few years ago yeah you're not seeing those anywhere across the league uh, a few years ago i don't think unless usually like well, a, yeah. a black a black coach uh steps out on the ledge uh and does it i'm curious has there been what is the conversation or the energy or the response been from from ownership if anything that seems like we got the coaches saying things because they we get them on zoom every week has there been anything from, you know, levels of uh, of leadership above that in Arizona? Yeah, I did get to talk to Michael Bidwell right before the season started. Um, and it was really interesting to hear his perspective, too, where he mentioned, obviously, this was back early September, how, you know, they were already having conversations then about voting, about why that's so important, but also really focusing on all the down-ballot votes, um, you know, the presidential election, of course, super significant, but local elections, um, the Senate race in Arizona, but also like school boards, judges, other people that impact your community and you get to vote on who's making those decisions. Um, so I think that's really important to um, the players are really engaged in a lot of these initiatives, but also having those conversations of like, okay, it's not just, you know, voting for the president. It's all these other ways that, we can influence our society. 
one one last one. I know D D Hop obviously had the the name that he wore on his helmet. Um, and learning about the other guys who are wearing uh, helmet names on their helmet decals, was there anyone else that stood out to you? Yeah. Um. Kelvin Beecham has Brianna Taylor and he was mentioning how he has daughters. So that was so important to him just to, you know, think um, specifically about black women and remember them and make sure that they know that they matter too. Um, I think what's really interesting too, is that with both Deandre and Kelvin, these are also guys who are new to the Cardinals who I've only ever talked to them over zoom. I haven't met them in person. So you know, these are kind of weird conversations to have on a Zoom press conference, just in the sense of it's a little less personal than, you know, talking by a locker, getting to build up to some of these questions instead of just, um, you know, over the internet to a group of strangers. So um, getting to hear their stories and their reasons has been such an important part of this season. You mentioned D-Hop's new to the team. Like, that's like, I don't know if it's been like a forgotten uh, story with all the craziness that is 2020, but like how, how has that, you know, gone over, you know, with Kyler Murray having arguably the best receiver in the league to throw to every day? Yeah. I mean, you see it on the field already. Um, he even, you know, Kyler had kind of a weird Monday night game, only completed nine passes, but still um, had some huge plays to Hopkins to Christian Kirk. Um, I think there's still, trying to kind of figure out this offense and obviously it's better to be doing that when it's like oh actually now we have a ton of options where before we were pretty limited like let's find our identity a bit more so they're in a good place even if they still haven't totally gelled um cliff king's very even said tuesday like yeah our offense hasn't hit its stride yet and um you know part of that is yeah when you add someone like deandre hopkins he makes an immediate impact so now it's just figuring out like how do we best leverage this moving forward? Wait, this offense hasn't hit its stride yet, and DeAndre Hopkins leads the league in yards? Like, that's, <laughs> that's pretty Those scary. Those are Cliff's words, yeah. Okay, that um, which, that doesn't seem fair. Yeah, and he said that's kind of, you know, that's exciting to him. Of If we're already, you know, putting up these points, putting up these stats, and haven't hit our stride, um, perhaps worrisome to other teams, but exciting for the Cardinals. Yeah, worrisome definitely to the the rest of the division, uh, especially to the Seahawks this week, giving up more yards than anyone in league history. Um, I don't think I asked you this uh, last time we had you on the show. If I did, I apologize, but it's my favorite question to ask guests. Um, Is Kyler Murray good? (laughs) Yes. um, I realized this year I have to try so much harder to describe all the ways he runs, that he does things. Um, He's really fun to watch, and... You know, obviously last year it only translated to five wins, but I think you're already seeing his growth in year two. Um, And he's, it's just dynamic sometimes, even seeing it in real life and then the replay right away. It's like, wow, you, you broke that man's ankles and you have (laughs) enough time to like sit him down and comfort him and play a sad song, play the Sarah McLaughlin music. Like, I'm so sorry, your ankles are dead. And then still go into the end zone. Like it's, The timing and what he does, it's really wild to watch. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't know if everyone knows, but if you go on Twitter whenever the Cardinals play, and I only got to watch them maybe once or twice because they're always playing when the Seahawks are playing. Um, but if you guys go on Twitter and just look for Kyler Murray runs like, just t- search that in the search bar, <laughs> and it's just it's it's a great time. I mean, there's a lot of repeats, but there's been some – some good ones there because it does look like his he takes so many steps to go a yard. He takes like twelve steps every one yard and it's it's just kind of funny. What's your what's been your favorite Kyler Murray runs like uh joke this season? Oh, easily my favorite was um Ralph Amson, who's in Arizona too. He mentioned back in like September about um the vine of the kid with the knife where they're like <laughs> running around the inflatable pool and the parents are like, Oh, what have you got there? And then they're like, It's a knife Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I think that's correct. Um, <laughs> you know, just the way he like scurries around and um, yeah, that's, Chris, I think that's the best one so far. Chris, have you you've seen these? Or did I did when I talked to you yeah. yesterday. Which one I did? Did you get? Did you catch one you liked? The one with the baby where he's running full. He's running and then he stops on a dime and turns around. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You've seen that one when they talked about DK running routes earlier. Yeah, when he first yeah, got yeah, yeah. I saw that one and I was I was thinking, wow, he. I see. I see where they got this from. It's pretty funny. I, I think. I think. The, I think my favorite. There's two. There's two of my favorite ones. The one where it's, it's Kyler Murray runs like Stewie Griffin, because that <laughs> yeah. one, that one's great. Because I'm a huge. That's Family Guy is probably my favorite TV show of all time. And then the other one is of uh, Kyler Murray runs like the Flintstones trying to start their car. Oh man. <laughs> oh. I, can I don't hear think the... I've seen that one yet, but my car sometimes sounds like the Flintstones car. Um, <laughs> and I. I don't know. I think actually Kyler is a lot more effective than my actual four-wheel motor vehicle uh there's a there's a one more kyler thing i think you've done a really good job of just chronicling the out of context kyler quotes that are just relatable (laughs) in life i think everyone should follow you on twitter if for no other reason just for just the uh the out of context kyler murray quotes has there been one that's been just really just like uh, applicable to your life this year oh well i think the one that was the most opposite of me was um they he was asked about the big win over san francisco and was just kind of like well for me there will never be a hangover um (laughs) what i loved i just tweeted that out and everyone was replying like all right man wait till you turn 25 or like (laughs) yeah spoken like a guy who's right out of college um 
I am very opposite in my hangover situation these days. So, um, but yeah, I think he usually once a week gives us something that's just, he is kind of, sometimes it's not even intended to be funny, but he does also have a dry sense of humor and he's pretty deadpan a lot of the time. And combining that with an out of context quote sometimes is just what I feel people most need on their Wednesday afternoon. Mike did say he had one more question for Kyler Murray. Well, I also want one, also have one, I yeah. should say. And how is his leadership? When you look at him, he seems really quiet, and he just gets the job done. But you see him, you talk to him. What do you? What kind of vibe do you get leadership-wise that Kyler Murray possesses with this team? Yeah, I think part of it is that he's so competitive. Um, we've talked to them this season about, like, they're all playing video games together. They're playing chess together. Um, he beat Larry Fitzgerald in chess, which, you know, I don't know what you want to make of that. If it's, you know, Kyler has finally taken over, if it's Larry needs to brush up on his chess openings. Um, but I think, like, no matter what he does, he wants to win ferociously. Um, and I think that even if it's not the same, like, rah-rah quarterbacks on other teams, um, maybe more your kind of like quarterback in a movie or something like that. He doesn't necessarily need that because um, they know what he can do on the field, but also just that like any decisions he's making out there, it's it's getting this team to win. And I think that's kind of what becomes most important to this team. You did mention Christian Kirk, and you also wrote a really cool piece earlier this year in August about the potential to go through the roof. I know he missed a game due to injury, but outside of that, how do you think he has progressed this season? Yeah, I think something that's notable about Christian Kirk, too, is that Kyler Murray is just so comfortable with him. Um, and he's comfortable with receivers for different reasons. Like, obviously, anyone's going to be comfortable with a Larry Fitzgerald, with a DeAndre Hopkins. But with Christian Kirk, you know, they played for a bit together in college. They've known each other since they were so young. And I think you see that show up in just, you know, he's going to look for him I think more often than maybe another quarterback would. And that's not a knock to Christian's abilities or anything, but just their rapport is so clear. Um, and I think that's just going to keep helping this team, um, especially, you know, defenses now, if they're going to plan around DeAndre Hopkins, that's only going to help Christian Kirk. Um, he had that 80 yard touchdown against Dallas, which was, um, you know, something they had been ready for all week. He's able to do those big plays, but they also use him in some dynamic other ways, too. So I think um, he offers a lot there. And again, especially if a defense is first going to look for Hopkins, that just is such a boost for Kirk. Let's look at the defensive side. We're going to give a shout out to a guy that was born in Washington, went to Bellevue High School. Yeah. Made a bad decision and went to UW. Should have went to WSU, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's okay. Neither here nor there. Everyone, <laughs> everyone makes mistakes. It's okay. <laughs> Buda Baker, who was named Week 6 defensive NFC Defensive Player of the Week, he is looking better and better each week. Can you talk about just how he's making a name for himself and he's making it look so easy? And He's it's not, he's only been in the league, what, his second year? Fourth, Fourth year, excuse me. Yeah, he Buda's so fun to watch, too, because also just personality-wise, he's kind of like – quiet I don't want to say goofy necessarily but just kind of like you know very laid back um and then you see him like absolutely pulverize people on the field and like you know he's a little smaller he pops out of absolutely nowhere and it's just what he does it's really wild out there um I think Monday night really encapsulated so much of that I 
it was his first career interception, which I think is such a surprising thing to so many people, just given everything else he does on this defense. Um, and he did it in a cast too. He, he had that thumb surgery. So he still got, um, a cast while he's playing. He, he did quit that Andy Dalton threw a perfect spiral. So that made it a little easier <laughs> for him to pick it off. Um, so there is that, but yeah, his impact on this defense, especially now without Chandler Jones, um, is so critical. And I think you really see him in all facets of that defense. I just remember last season he blew up. What was the running back the Seahawks had last year who broke his form in the game against CJ Prosize? CJ Prosize. I just remember him oh, coming yeah. down ninety nine miles per hour and smacking CJ, and CJ going off the field. And then a few, I think, days later, we found out he broke his arm. And I was just like, Jesus, this Buddha Baker kid is—he's ferocious. And then he's continued his ferociousness as <laughs> this season is a. We're six weeks, seven weeks in, and he's still doing his thing. What's the ceiling for this kid? Yeah, it's um, that play, too. I rewatched it for a feature earlier this season, and it, it just looks like he teleports. <laughs> like, when you see where he starts on the field and where he makes the play, I I don't know, like, what law of science is being slightly tweaked there or what. Um, but, yeah, he the way he just moves so quickly is – you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know exactly what his ceiling is when he's able to um, just get places and make those big plays too. When he forced the fumble in Monday night's game, um, his awareness too—he mentioned something he could hear Andy Dalton calling Zeke, Zeke. So he was just like, "Oh, well, here's where I'm going. I'm gonna just force a fumble in this very moment." So um, between his skill set, that awareness, I think, you know. He's going to keep being a dominant player on this defense. We're just going to stay on Buddha real quick because I don't know if you know this, the real fits, um, that uh, <laughs> Buddha was drafted. Uh, you probably know that he was drafted one one pick after Seahawks uh, ha- took Malik McDowell, 35th overall in 2017. And it just eats at the hearts of Seattle fans to see him not only just play somewhere else, but play in the division and play well at a time when the Seahawks are just well, at, where they were struggling to replace Earl and Cam in in the Legion of Boom. Um, how long do you think this is just gonna uh, Buddha's gonna play well enough to just eat at Seattle fans' hearts <laughs> for the rest of his career? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ah, with my regrets to the fans. Yeah, I think so. Uh, And, you know, also, what a lovely hometown story that would have been. But, no, I think he's, I mean, he's still improving even from um, last year when he had a really strong season. I think already this year seeing what he can do. And, again, to to have the game he did, I mean, I don't know, obviously, what it's like to play football in the NFL at any level, but especially with a cast and to still be putting up those numbers – he really didn't miss a beat. He's still leading the team in solo tackles, even though he missed a game. Um, so what he can bring to this defense, I think, is really um, – it's going to still be around for quite a while. 
I want to go back to the offense, and I'm gonna look at the offensive line because they've come a long way from when J.R. Sweezy accidentally sacked Kyler Murray against the <laughs> pan- against the Detroit Lions in in 2019. I think what was that the first game of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That's a good bar to set, I think, for anyone who wants to look at self-improvement. Um, you always want to kind of, you know, start there so you can build up. Exactly. And right now, the offensive line, they are 18th in pass protection and pass, pass blocking rate, they're ranked third. Can you talk about just the improvements and what they've done over the offseason to improve this O-line now that and you have Kyler Murray playing really well? Yeah, well, I think the most obvious key is that Kyler Murray bought them all matching scooters for Christmas, <laughs> and they have really leaned into that. They're calling themselves the Wild Hogs. I think they have, like, matching outfits and stuff like that. And, like, I don't know. I think anything more reminiscent of boy bands in the NFL is a win for everyone. So I'm really – I love a good theme. I'm excited about that. Um, I think it also, though, you know – including Kyler still, it it goes hand in hand with his development where um, so much of last year, you know, those 48 sacks, part of it is just the way that he plays and his understanding of what he can and can't get away with in the NFL. So I think there's certainly the offensive line as a unit is stronger and doing a better job, but it's also, it was going to happen either way, just of his improvement you know, they make each other look good, um, both on the football field and in the scooter world. <laughs> well, Which, what kind, what kind know, of scooters what do they get? You want? What, what kind of what kind of scooters are we talking here? Um, not like razor scooters, like motorized. Oh, I don't know. Spending money there, super... <laughs> the, the, yeah. the, the like electric electric joints. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's fancy. So, very fancy. They used them around training camp. Um to get from the stadium to the hotel, which is like across the street. So absolutely where you want to save your energy. Um, but actually really it's so hot in Arizona. I would, I would scooter 100 feet if I could. So I get it. How about you ask Kyler, Hey, what, what can I do to, to land a scooter? Do you need a feature? What's up? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely can't protect him in any way. So <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Larry Fitzgerald earlier. I guess him losing to Kyler Murray in chess, which I'm shocked. I guess I, I would assume with Larry, he's just good at everything. I mean, he doesn't drop any passes. If I'm not mistaken, he still has more tackles than he has drops, which is insane. But how is he still doing this? The man's got to be 40 years old, right? How is he still playing the game he loves and doing it at a at a, at a high level to the point where he's still productive in the run game and in the passing game. Yeah, what has been interesting to watch this season is he has dipped a little bit, but I think some of that's just going to be natural anyway of um, adding in Hopkins. There were a few games where just like the offense as a whole is looking a little weird, so everyone was dipping. But I think there, when I mentioned before trying to figure out that offensive identity, they almost need to like, remember to use him a bit more um cliff kingsbury has been very self-critical about that of like yeah i should probably use the future hall of famer a bit more in my play calling in my planning um but as far as what larry can do himself i think he was really re-energized last season when they brought in kyler murray um you know obviously every year once it gets to a certain point he gets the retirement questions and last year it seemed kind of 
clear even before he decided during the offseason that he would come back again that he was having fun again. He was enjoying it. Um, seeing what the ceiling could be with Cliff and Kyler was was enticing to him. And I think that made all of the preparation he does, you know, all the outside of football stuff of just taking care of his body, still being able to do what he does in year 17, it made it a little easier when he was excited about where this team was headed. Um, so I think they still need to get him a little bit more involved. He obviously still, you know, blocking downfield, very involved. He'll get some first downs that really re-energize everyone. But um, he had the one game this season with just one catch for no gain, and that was unheard of. Um, so I think that's something they're still working through, but obviously has an impact on this team either way. So how did you guys find out that he lost to Kyler in, in chess? Like, who who broke that news? Was that Kyler or was that Larry? Um, definitely Kyler. I... Just in that, I think he was the one we talked to next and we asked him about it. Or actually, it might have been Trent Sherfield. We've talked to a few people about chess. Um, But I don't think it was Larry. Oh, it might have been that Kyler posted on Instagram about it. Um, I think actually now that I have sounded out to myself, that's what it was. It was (laughs) a good old social media flex of... I beat this guy in chess. So, um, I don't know the rules know. in NFL locker rooms, but I'm pretty sure unofficially if you lose in in chess, you like the guy who wins is like, look at me, I'm the captain now. I think <laughs> that's that's how it goes. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if that's how it goes in Arizona, but like next time you talk to the other fits, you should let him know like Kyler is the captain now. Well, I would want to check first if they've had a rematch since. Like, it sounds like it wasn't a one-time chess thing. I think it's pretty ongoing, um, which, you know, props. I'm not good at chess. So, um, but I think there's a lot of guys who really like it. So, love that for them. If, if Honestly, if Kyler's smart, he just doesn't play him again. That's it. <laughs> It's you like just one, one and be done. <laughs> it's like when you beat, like I think I think I think I beat my dad in like basketball one on one maybe one time. I'm pretty sure I have, uh, and I wouldn't play him again. It's just like no no no, this is it. Like this is done. Like I'm gonna walk off having like surpassed you. I am the man of the house now. That is, that is how this goes. So I want I want absolutely. You're, you have you like, hang the banner and you just never hope for another challenge or you're just like no we, we did this it's settled yeah no that that's it you have so many like little sub beats on your arizona cardinals beat whether it is the Kyler Murray out of context um quotes uh or just i don't know just being very hilarious on twitter that should be like included in there the Kyler Murray larry fitzgerald uh chess saga i would definitely read like two thousand words on that um it came up partially too because they were all playing video games so much this summer which in asking about that led to if you ever get a chance to hear running back Chase Edmonds do his um, impression of Buddha Baker, it's hysterical. So I highly recommend that um, because when they trash talk each other during video games, Edmonds likes to pretend to be Buddha back to Buddha, um, which <laughs> absolute mental war- warfare, respect it. So, yeah. This team sounds fun. Uh, I mean, I guess they're 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 kind of decent too, so that that helps. I'm sure. Like like covering the Cowboys is like no oh, fun, God. even if they do have uh, personalities on there. Uh, let's let's get into some predictions specifically, you know, for this game. Before we get into over under and the actual uh, prediction from you, you know, Kyler Murray has been has struggled at times. You know, he hasn't been like perfect this season, even against the Cowboys. Like he's one throw away from having like a a, a Mitch Trubisky 
ish uh, sort of game in terms of accuracy. The teams who have had success against him defensively, what what is there like a common thread in what they've done? Yeah, and I think just maybe sounds super obvious of just eliminating the big plays, but against the Panthers, it was just a really weird-looking game um, where it almost was like, do you remember that you can go downfield? Was this something we discussed this week? What's going on here? Um, Especially when they have such dynamic playmakers. Um, You know, Kyler, obviously, he can break open at any point and change the course of a game, but I think the more they can involve everyone and just have some of those big plays, that's, it's something they feel too as a team. Christian Kirk has brought it up a bunch of times of like, he feels that's so critical to this offense. And, you know, obviously every team wants big plays, but just the way they want to get things done fast, um, get on to the next thing. I think that's what you saw in the Panthers game where they were a lot less effective. Right, let's get, well, if any Seahawks coaches, defensive players listening, there you go. That's how you <laughs> you, you stop uh, Kyler Murray, or at least that's how you try. But this defense has had some some issues stopping pretty much anyone. Uh, but let's, yes, let's, and my Venmo is available for all. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get into the uh, over under that we do with every every guest this week. Uh, we're gonna do two. Or we're gonna do uh, over under and um, an either or. So our first over under is nine and a half catches. For DeAndre Hopkins, what you got? Oh, um, I think he's perfectly capable of that, but I'm gonna go under just because I think they're still trying to get everyone a bit more involved, spread it a bit. So I'll go under on that. All right, you got that down, Chris. Perfect. All right, and then we're gonna go with the either or. Who will have more receiving yards uh, on Sunday? Will it be DeAndre Hopkins or will it be the young stud DK Metcalf? Oh, here I think I'll go Hopkins. I know that Metcalf's having such a strong season. Um, and, you know, what he and Russell Wilson are doing together is fun to watch. But um, I think Hopkins, you know, I even if he's <laughs> – I know I just said less than nine and a half catches, but I'm, I'm going to go with him for this one. Well, I mean, that that's fair, though. I mean, he had, what, six catches against the Jets and ended up with 131 yards. So it's not like he needs a lot of catches, you know, to – to get a bunch of yards. What do you have, like one catch for 70 yards the other day <laughs> against the Cowboys? I'm pretty sure it was something. Uh, what was it? Right. Two catches. Two for 80. Yeah. So. Yeah, boom. Yeah. There you go. He doesn't need a lot. That's a, he's a big play waiting to happen. And last but not least, who do you got? Give us a winner and a score. Uh, okay. Predictions stress me out a lot. And I think Cardinal Seahawks are especially so weird given that they have that whole like home away dynamic going on. Um, I think the Seahawks still get this one, especially given coming off the bye with the Cardinals having um, a shorter week. I don't think that's going to be a huge effect on their game planning or their production or anything. But I think Seattle right now is just, you know, putting together such whole games and the Cardinals are still even in some of their wins. They haven't gotten everything quite together. Um, And I think it'll be pretty high scoring, but close. So let's go with like a... 3028, a real nail biter. Ooh, Seahawks are what favored by three right now? Is that what it is? I'm pretty sure. Never gamble, ladies and gentlemen. That's just you know, <laughs> I always got to say. Well, is, that. It, is it legal in Washington now? 
It's we're getting there to the point where we'll have sports books. You said three and a half, right? I said three. It's three and a half. Three and a half. Okay, so what's the over? What's the over under? We got over under. Over under is fifty six. Okay, so we got we got the real we got the real fits taking the Cardinals to cover and the over. There you go. Once again, never gamble. (laughs) Just (laughs) just just throwing that out there. Uh, No, just play chess with your friends. It's a better (laughs) alternative. You want to play some chess? Do you want to play chess, Chris? Oh man, I am terrible, but yeah, we can do it. Do you know you know the <laughs> rules and everything? Oh, I know the rules, man. I love chess. Okay. I just not, I'm just not. I haven't mastered it. No, yeah, I taught myself in college once on my on my app during classes. I was not good at, at school <laughs> freshman year, but I was good at chess. I asked my homie, I said, "Hey man, can you like help me get better?" And then we played as like a practice, and then I beat him. And you never played him and again. I never played him or anybody again. <laughs> I was like, oh, this there is. There you go. I, I retired on top, but yeah, maybe we could play. I got to remember um, the rules on on all that, which all the pieces. One of them can move in an L. I'll get there. The the uh, I said the horse almost. Wow, that was bad. We're not gonna even continue. Yeah, let's not. No, no. <laughs> let's 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 end on uh, on a high note, Catherine. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. We appreciate you always. Uh, make sure everyone, you guys listening right now, go follow her, go read her stuff. Uh, what's your verified uh, Twitter account handle? Yeah, it's at kfitz134. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Seahawks Man to Man podcast powered by The Athletic. We will catch you guys after the Seahawks uh, apparently beat the Cardinals, according to our guests. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, we're out.